You know, what I didn't get enough feedback about was the shrimp head situation. <laughs> Do you remember when you come, your introduction to yourself in the podcast is like, I'm Lynn Williams and I don't like fish, but you can call me shrimp head. Yeah, I don't know. And like, I don't know why everybody hasn't been talking about that for two weeks. I also don't know why I said that at all. That was weird. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm Sam Mewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And this is Snacks. We started this podcast to talk about some personal stuff, some soccer stuff, some real stuff, and some fun stuff. All the stuffs. (laughs) So Sam, take it away. (laughs) What is new since the last podcast? Uh, Let's see. I am still in Manchester. Um, I've had a couple of big games here. Um, But things are looking pretty much the same. Everything's good. Um, I still miss Finn. He is still not here, which is sad. That's a big, big part of my life. But um, basically the same old. I've been cooking dinner more often than getting takeout, which was one of my goals. So amazing. What, things are looking good. What are you cooking? Um, I made like adult cheesy spaghetti pasta the other day and I'm making it again tonight. And it's I consider sometimes even if I cook food that's like not healthy, at least I like cooked it and didn't get it as takeout. So I like feel like that's kind of a win. That is a win. So would you consider that uh, mac and cheese, but just with spaghetti? Well, and it also has like fancy cheeses. Oh, it's like fancy mac and cheese. Yeah, it's like cacio e pepe. So it's like cheesy pasta with pepper, but like it's fancy sounding. Oh, fancy. And like you make a cheese sauce in the pan and you like put this. It's like elevated adult macaroni and cheese, as Pat would call it. With um, a whole bunch of layers of flavor, if you will. Layers <laughs> of flavor. Yes, I will. What's up with you? What's new? Um, nothing really. Um, personal stuff, nothing. I'm here living <laughs> alone still. Um, I did wash my sheets. Oh, that was my big question for you. Yeah. So I washed them. This is also embarrassing. I washed them because I knew if I got on this podcast and hadn't washed them, I would have been embarrassed. So I had to. So I washed them. I know. I'm like really proud of you. I thought to myself like three or four times over the last couple of weeks, like you should wash them. You should wash them. We're going to have to talk about this on the podcast. But needless to say, I did not wash them and I did not wash my towels. And I think at this point... If people were not disgusted with me before, I think that's going to change now. Yeah, you just, you are who you are, you know. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a filthy, yuck, sheet, non-sheet washing animal. I have nothing to say to that. I'm like speechless. It's okay. I accept you for who you are. Well, so besides sheet related feedback, what else have you heard about our first podcast? Yeah, I'm like so happy with like how it went. Um, I think everybody seems to like it. Um, I, I was just thinking that like, I'm kind of sad that we waited for it to come out every two weeks. Cause I had so much fun doing the last one that I was like, I, we should have done this every week. I know. I know. I, I hope it continues to be as good because I got good feedback to it. My favorite feedback was someone just saying it felt like we were just like in the room hanging out with you guys. And I was like, I feel like that's exactly what we were going for. Yeah, exactly. I also had somebody say, it's like so easy to listen to you guys. Um, which is so nice as well. I think that we just have our conversations that are usually nonsense. So it's nice to know that people are relating. Yeah, definitely. So, well, I'm excited for this one and I hope it goes just as well. Yeah, we can only hope. Cross our fingers. Um, I had another question about personal stuff. Can you tell us about 
Marley and Big Brother. Oh, yeah. That's a huge thing that's happening. Um, Yeah, so Marley is on Big Brother Australia, um, which is so fun. Um, So he's obviously in Australia. Quarantine happened and COVID. And so because basketball got shut down because of COVID, it gave him the opportunity to go on to Big Brother. And so he applied, kind of just went up in the Big Brother auditions. And they were like, we want you. He's on the show. He... It's really cool to like watch and be like, I can't believe that I get to watch you on national television. And every time he comes on, I'm like, that sweet, sweet man. He's so cute. I know. I saw, I just saw the clip of him eating the hand sanitizer on the plane. And I said, Marley, why, 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 why? I I know. I know. I was like, why didn't you read why didn't you read? It says right there, hand sanitizer, and he sprays it into his mouth. And I was like, that. It was so. That funny. is the first impression people get of him is this this guy who's spraying hand sanitizer into his mouth. I know, but it was very cute and very endearing. I, yeah. So I'm like super excited to see what happens and who he becomes friends with and alliances and all that stuff. Um, so I, I, I know we're, a lot of us aren't in Australia, but you should get a VPN and watch. It's been really fun for me. Yeah, it's been fun for me too. And I've only really been watching the clips on social media. Well, yeah, I think that's all we've got for personal stuff this week. So let's move on to soccer. What is going on in your soccer world these days? So we just, um, sadly, we're not going to the final of the um, Challenge Cup, but that's okay. Um, We needed sky blue or gotham now to lose and they obviously tied um lynn also can you give us a little more detail into that gotham game i heard it was just a crazy game yeah i i mean it was um if you're the courage it was terrible but if you're a fan i guess it was what you got your money's (laughs) worth um well we i can't remember the orders of the goals but we got scored on. Oh, yeah, I do. So Midge scored. She basically just dribbled straight down the field. Good for her. Um, and then we went back and had a great response. Um, Dabinia scored, and then Dabinia scored again. And I was like, okay, we just had a mishap. We're going to be fine. Um, and then Carly goes and scores, so it's 2-2. Then in the, the second half, Jess McDonald's Bravely goes up, heads the ball in. It's three to two. And then they go down and score again. I believe that's what happened. Unless they scored three times in the first half. I can't remember their last goal. Sounds like it was wild. It was wild. And so (laughs) at this point, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go out of here with um, a point that's fine. Like that, a defensive game all around, not just our defense, but defensively all around from the front to the back. Um, I was like, that was a terrible game. We're going to get screamed out already. At least we'll get a point. Whatever. And then they went down, and in the 92nd, 94th minute, they they got a goal to win 4-3. to And it was so just unlike us um, defensively that it was upsetting. Like I said, the fans really got their money's worth. I'm sure it was exciting to watch on TV. But for us, it was just so unlike us. Um, people were missing tackles. There was no communication. Um, positively we were scoring goals 
but we were just giving up like goals that were not terrible, but like they just, it wasn't any of the goals where I was like, you know what? We should have been scored on there. That was just like, but you put your hands up and say, wow, Carly scored a banger. It was just laps of judgment or not tackling and not covering for each other and getting in your own head. And so I wish I could go back and redo it because it was terrible. But I guess you learned. You just grow and learn. Yeah, I was going to just say, I think games like that and games where there are so many learning opportunities really is where the team kind of, well, that's not how we play. So let's get back to how we play. And and you kind of learn the most from those. Yeah, definitely. I think that the hardest part with that after that game was just there was so many pieces that were wrong. We're like, where do we zone in? And then as a team, you get down. It's so easy to like get down on yourself and you go to training and you're down at training. And then you go into the next game, hopefully being like, well, we got to turn it around, but you still haven't hit that like positivity yet. And so it's like, I think I found like the teams that can get out of that rut the quickest are the ones that have the most success who can just take that and say, let's learn from this and move on. And because we're such a new team, I think it just took us a bit of time. Um, I would even say the Louisville game we still weren't doing that great. It was better, but not great. And so that's why when it came to the Orlando game, I was actually pretty proud of us because it was like, okay, we looked like we were more ourselves. No, we didn't score goals, but we also didn't concede a goal. And it's preseason still. Paul always has always been saying, you don't want to peak in April, which I agree with. (laughs) But still, like the competitive side of me was like, I can't believe we lost four to three. What a weird score. Yeah. But we played Orlando. We ended up tying 0-0. And we didn't score any goals, but we also didn't um, concede any goals, which from the last couple games, if anybody's been watching, that's like a win in our book. So it's nice. Like I feel like this last game, it's it's finally something that we can build off of. Um, and the games before, I was like, well, that was just craziness. It was just like back and forth soccer. And every week or every day we go back to training and I just be like, I don't even know what we need to work on because it's like a lot. And then finally I'm like, okay, we did so many good things in the Orlando game. We can now work on X, Y, and Z. But yeah, obviously sad not to go to the final, but um, we just got our schedule out and it's so jam packed that this is going to be like our only break ever. So I'm just going to try to relax my competitive side and say, (laughs) Lynn, you just need this moment. Or at least I'm going to just continue to tell myself that. Yeah. That sounds like you could use a little bit of a down week. Yeah. What about you? Well, it's so funny that um, your season is just ramping up. Um, I know we can talk a little bit more about the Challenge Cup, but since my season here in the WSL with Man City is kind of winding down, Mm -hmm. um, we had a really big game against Chelsea last week. And with how the points are, we needed to win if we wanted the, the results of the league table to be in our hands. And unfortunately, we tied. There is still a chance, but it's not really in our control. So we're just trying to obviously control what we can and maximize our points and maximize our goal differential just in case anything else goes our way. But um, I was really proud of the team. I think that we fought hard and really like came together to put out a good performance against obviously Chelsea, who's an incredible team, just made the Champions League final, have a lot of talent mm-hmm. on their team. So um, we just had another game yesterday against Birmingham and we won 4-0. Um, so it's been... Good. I mean, it's we've all had a positive season and I feel like I've learned so much here. So I'm I'm just grateful um, that I've had the opportunity. And I think yeah. that there's still two games left. 
Um, we have one league game next weekend and then an FA Cup game the following weekend. So it's been pretty good and just like an overall good experience. And and I'm excited that I got to come here and do it. Yeah. How many points ahead are they of you? Two. Got it. So they have, I mean, they have two games left. So it's it's not up to us, but you never know. Crazier things have happened, Lynn. I, I know. It's just so funny because the position you're in now is the position like we felt we were in with like the Challenge Cup. Obviously, you played a much longer season, but I think both of us in the past, we haven't been in a position where our fate isn't in our own hands. Um, so I don't know if you felt this way, but I was just like, dang, I, I'm so annoyed with personally myself to be like, I can't believe we... I let this happen. I let somebody else dictate our fate. I know it is a weird feeling. And I think you're right with the courage. We haven't experienced that much of feeling like it was out of our hands. You're right. And it, I mean, it is disappointing and you do kind of look back on like key moments throughout the season. And I know for you, it's only been a couple games so far, but just thinking like, what could we have done differently? What could I have done differently that might have skewed this points situation? Um, and it's obviously hindsight is 2020, yeah. but sometimes that's just the way the game is, I guess. I know. I think it like gives you a little bit of like an edge going forward though. Cause it like reminds you like it's never, nothing's ever going to come easy and you just aren't given these things just because you've done it in the past. Um, and so like every single game matters, like every game ahead matters and you can't look towards the future. It's just annoying. Like I want to go to the championship every time. <laughs> I know. So what the Challenge Cup final is next weekend. Yes. The, fifth, the 18th. Sorry. I mean, the 8th. Whoa. Whoa. Um, and that's <laughs> going to be Gotham versus Portland? Gotham versus Portland. Okay, cool. Well, that's a big game. What do you – have you enjoyed the Challenge Cup? Like, what do you think about it compared to last year? And is it something you want to, like, keep doing? Um. Well, I love not being in a bubble. Um. <laughs> so that's exciting. Or – Um, nice to like be able to still go home and travel I don't know like I think I like the idea of the challenge cup I think I personally would have liked it during the Olympics and so like people who don't get to go to the Olympics are playing a challenge cup and then maybe we can invite in some foreign teams and so that takes the place of like the ICC or some situation like that Um, I think that this year, it made the most sense just because like we didn't really get to have a preseason because like a lot of the college teams with COVID and all that, mm-hmm. you don't you didn't really get a, a, those preseason games. Um, but in future years, it would be nice to be able to do that because I'm like, I get to play Sky Blue 17 times. And he, and then I'm like, I don't even get to play Houston until this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's it obviously COVID has been like such a difficult um, like factor in making all of these all of these decisions. But I love the idea of having more than just the shield and the championship yeah. to compete for throughout the season. I think it um, is kind of like kind of similar to how it is here, how we have a bunch mm. of trophies to go for and different um, things that we're playing for throughout the the weeks and the months. So I feel like it's like such a great idea. Um, and I'm excited to see how the league continues to utilize it and, and make things a little bit, um, like more varied throughout seasons. Yeah, that is a good point. I do think that over there, you guys have so many more trophies that you're going for. And I, that is very cool to see. I just want us to have more teams to play against, I guess. So 
with that said, invest in women's soccer. We need more teams. <laughs> Uh, great shout out there, Lynn. Great shout out. Um, how I know, obviously, the courage will be bummed to not be in the final. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the courage is used to and expects to be in finals, and so mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are going to come out with a vengeance for the rest of the season. What does what does that feel like for you? Like, what does it look like the next couple weeks? Yeah, um, obviously, we have a very different looking team, um, and. I think that, I think, like I said before, having the Orlando game, I know we didn't score any goals, but like feeling like this is something we can build off of and knowing that our schedule is about to be really gruesome, gruesome. Is that the word I'm looking for? Grueling? 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 (laughs) Grueling? Girl. Really grueling? Um, That, um we like we're going to need this week off to like i think mentally prepare but also grow i think that the challenge cup showed us that we still have the ability to score goals we still have a lot of threats we just need to like mesh a bit more i think we took for granted how um how long a lot of us had been playing together and so right now we have like different pieces and we just need to gel a bit and I'm excited to see that transform and I think we still have a great team like I'm really excited to see what everybody can do and everybody seems to be up for the challenge so don't count us out well that sounds like the courage to me yeah I know um so your season is coming to an end yeah what are you gonna do in the meantime between this season and the next season yeah well um I think that again I'm I feel like this season has been really good for me in a lot of ways. I'm, I'm grateful that I got to come here um, during such a crazy time and get so many games in and, and then also just kind of experience soccer from another culture's yeah. perspective a little bit. I've made some awesome friends. Um, so it's been great. And I think from here on out, I, of course, I'm going to focus on our next two games here and um, tr- try to prepare to be at my very best to make the Olympic roster. So yeah. um Whatever that looks like in the coming weeks, I I think it just means I'm going to be doing some running, working hard, um, yeah. and just trying to maximize my whatever training time and opportunities that I get. And staying zen. And staying zen, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I have been trying to do some um, meditating, Lynn. How's it and working? Just some, it's, well, working. I don't know. But I do think it helps me. I think that my like brain is like this. Mm-hmm. Like I, if you are just listening to this, I did a <laughs> fast movement with my hand and I would like to be like a little bit slower. Wouldn't we all? Yeah. I know, you know, I know, you know. Um, well, I feel like that covers everything soccer wise Yeah. for now. So let's move into some of the real stuff. Yeah. Let's get into it. So right after we recorded episode one, the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial came out and we just want to talk about how it affected us. George Floyd, his murderer was convicted and um, yeah, that was like such a big moment, I think, for um, the country. It's pretty crazy to know that 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 was the first time that somebody had been held accountable in that state. And so I, I don't think it's something to cheer about, obviously. George Floyd is still 
um, not with us and his family is still grieving, but I think it's the first step of accountability. And it's like super important that, that, that happened, that policemen are accountable. You know, they do so many great things for us, but when something goes wrong, people need to be held accountable. Um, something that was super crazy though, is that the verdict was coming out right as we were about to take the field, um, for our Gotham game. And so we're in the locker room. I have the phone up to my ear. Um, the music's playing. I have the phone up to me, my ear and I'm listening to the judge, um, say, say what the jury, if they found him guilty or not. And as he's saying it, I'm saying it out loud. And I'm like, he's um, guilty on first account, second. And, um, in the whole room, you can see like the mood like switches, like from like happy and sad, people are now crying and tearing up. And, um, in that moment, you're like, this is, this is so cool that somebody's being held accountable at the same time. Like I have to now go play a soccer game. And we obviously went and it was a crazy game, but I don't, I don't even know what to say of that. Like there's so many things that are bigger than soccer. And I think that was one of those moments that it was like, this is very important for all of us to listen to. And I'm happy that we were able to listen to it at any time that it wasn't during the game, you know? Yeah. I feel like that must've been like a really emotionally charged situation to be in. Obviously it's pregame, but there's this way bigger thing that affects our whole country and the world going on at the same time. Um, so I can't really imagine it was late at night here. So I was watching, but I, I just went to bed after I didn't have any, anything else to do after. Um, but I, I was going to say, I feel like being surrounded by a group of your teammates Mm -hmm. and, and being, being who we are, like, this group of women cares about this issue so much. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, I feel like it must've been really powerful, but very emotionally charged and also like a unique place to experience Mm. that happening to, to kind of share that with other black women, white women, but together a group that is really impassioned about this. So I was just curious if you could tell us a little bit more about like how it was in the locker room and maybe who you spoke to about it. Yeah, it it was definitely like, you're right, like a space that you were able to feel safe in. Um, I think that the courage is such a unique place where everybody feels like their voice can be heard and supported. So immediately I looked at Jessica McDonald and she had tears in her eyes. And um, I can't remember who had their hand over her back, but they were just like, it's going to be okay. And she was just like, I can't believe they actually convicted him. And then my next person I looked at was Kristen Hamilton and Meredith Speck. And it was like a, a moment of like, yes, like they did it, but I can't believe that we were on edge thinking that yeah it could possibly they might not they might not and i think that was more of the, like this the scary part i guess for lack of better words that the country watched this video and we still were up in not up in arms but we were still like questioning if he was going to be convicted or not and i was like it's it's we watched it every single person watched it but being in the locker room it it was empowering and to know that it was a safe space and that it's okay to cry before the soccer game and then get out there and say, you know what, we're going to fight for one another um, and not have to listen to the verdict by yourself, put your phone down and then go out with all those emotions by yourself. It was a time that you were able to share 
Mm-hmm. And the, your your friends would say, "Okay, it's it's fine. Well, they this happened, and now we have to like switch our focus, but we're all going to do this together." Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I think even just to add, like about last year, I feel like being a part of a team with such diversity and and even with differing opinions and differing experiences mm-hmm. and backgrounds and skin colors, it's like. So many people, especially in a pandemic, like only had maybe one or two other people to talk about these things with. And the fact that we've gone through it in a group, um, I think makes everybody understand it differently and and understand it in like a more like well-rounded way, I guess. I think yeah. we talked about this a little bit last time, but I I think to to get the opportunity to speak to various people and to experience the way the country has, I hope, shifted forward progressively in racial justice, the areas of racial justice. Like, I just think that that's such a, a positive and such a like unique way to learn is, is in a group like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah, it makes total sense. So unique. Um, I think obviously we are all together playing a sport that we love and that like brings us together and makes us one, but we all do come from very different backgrounds and very different experiences. And so being able to come together and you saying like, well, I didn't know that because I didn't grow up that way. And me being like, but this happens. And then me also being able to go to Jess and saying, and her saying to me like, but I grew up and just seeing all these different perspectives because we're all from different parts of the country coming together. Like, you're right. It's such a unique experience that during the pandemic, I don't think many people got to experience because well, one, you're stuck in your home and you don't get to see anybody, but two, a lot of people work where they grew up. And so, yeah. uh, And like you said too, like being a part of a team is, it is a safe space where if you did have a question or a differing experience, it's sometimes okay to ask that or to share that and to learn and understand maybe where you were wrong or where you could help somebody else understand better. And I feel like it's a little bit of what we went through last year when this happened, when George Floyd was murdered, how there was this response and expectation that people who have platforms on social media need to support George Floyd and need needed to share their outrage. And you and I had to speak about this because I had never stood against police brutality before. So I actually didn't understand that I had an obligation to use my platform. I didn't understand that I should. And mm-hmm. when I when I started realizing that I should and I can and that my plat if if that's what I believe in, that I have to use my platform for that, um, I think you helped me understand why and understand that not using it is is one of my fears was being performative and and just posting something and not backing it up. Mm -hmm. And I think you helped me to understand that performative or not, like if it's what I believe and if I am backing it up, the more that I can get people to see that and have more people be aware of that and have more people educated and, and also outraged and learning how they can use their voice, use their platform, actually make change behind the scenes that my fears of, of being performative or doing something that wasn't in my like area to do yeah. didn't really matter because the ultimate goal there was, was showing more people and making change. Yeah, no, I think that uh, uh, that 
is a lot of people's fear is that of being performative, but also the question of like, why do I have to do it so publicly? Like, why can't I just have these conversations in my home? And you absolutely should have these conversations in your home. Um, but you have to show people that what has been going on is unacceptable and that you are somebody who's going to stand on the other side of that. And um, I think it was so foreign to you because it was so new and it was like navigating new waters. Um, and I don't think that you necessarily knew the right things to say all the time, which was is fine. But showing that you supported your Black teammates and, and Black people in general, I think was the most important thing first. And then once you figure out how you can help is come second. Um, I think it's only performative if you're just posting and then you're not doing anything about it. But yeah, but in, in that moment, it was just about like, you have to show people that that what is happening is not okay and that you aren't going to stand for that either. And um, I was really proud of you. I really felt like um, supported during that time. And I could say, I can pretty much say for our team that for the most part, we were very, very supportive and the black teammates or us would go to other teams and be like, I'm so sorry that you don't have the same support that I do and, or that I have in my home, you know? Yeah. I think too, like one, um, I heard you say this a lot, like this isn't just a black people problem. So white people need to get involved and need to speak out in order to make this a problem that we're all solving together. Like this is crazy because it's been over a year since we first started talking about this and I still struggle speaking about it because I'm so nervous to say the wrong thing. And I, I, even just saying that I'm like, Oh, the poor, like poor me. Like I'm, (laughs) I'm having trouble talking about racism as a white person. It's like, I know that that's ridiculous to, to like center my fears. Um, but I, I think that talking about it helps. And even though I still don't always know the right thing to say, I do feel like you will help me. And I feel like, um, yeah, what I said at the beginning, it's not just a black people problem. Like we all need to get involved in order to solve it. Going back to what we talked about at the beginning and feedback that we got from this podcast, somebody actually said to me last time, what you said about like, when somebody says the wrong thing, why would we bash them for saying the wrong thing if they're trying to correct themselves or trying to learn? Um, and they were like, that was very eye opening and nice to hear that I'm trying and I just don't always get the right words correctly. So I think to continue off of what you said, like, yes, you still get nervous. You still sometimes don't know the right things to say. I'm not going to know the right things to say, even in every situation. So somebody like you who wants to help understands that they have to speak out and they have to do something, but maybe gets one or two words wrong. I'm not going to fight you over that. I'm just going to say, maybe you could phrase it in this way better, and then it will come across better. Why, why would I fight you when I know you're trying to be on my side, you know? So it might feel uncomfortable, but it's never going to get comfortable unless we walk through that uncomfortability first. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that that's such a good point. And I think I, and anybody that you speak to about this is obviously so grateful that you are so (laughs) gracious about these conversations because it, it, it is difficult and it is like a little bit uncomfortable at times, but I think one of the reasons we agreed to include topics like this in this podcast was because it's we do have this safe relationship and this 
sharing that and, and opening up about it, I feel like I, I didn't want to just do this podcast and do the soccer stuff and the fun stuff. I, I wanted mm. this to be a part of it because I think that it's important. Like it's important. And I think it's like part of us now. Like I mm. think that ignoring it is, is saying that the past year and this, this reckoning that America has had, like we need to keep going and we need to keep doing it and keep talking about it and keep demanding change in whatever areas that we can. Um, and I know that this is, it is a fun podcast and we're going to move on to the fun stuff in a second, but it was really important to me that this be a part of it. No, I, even though it's sometimes I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree. I think that obviously like we got along before this past year, but yeah, you're absolutely correct. Like since I feel like the world had an awakening, you can't just like then go back and be like, eh, that didn't happen. And a lot of the conversations we've had now, and and I think why we have even a deeper friendship now is because we took the time to get to know each other not, like on a deeper level of like, where did you come from? What did you experience? I can't believe that that happened to you. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, and I think that yeah, the, some of those conversations were uncomfortable and some of them were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't know that about you. And I've lived with you for this long. Like, how dare I? Um, and so, so, so now it, it is part of us. It's a part of our friendship. And, um, I think as we gotten older, we're like, yeah, we, we got to talk about this stuff. We can't just be fun people all the time. Yeah. But we are also fun people. And we, <laughs> I think that we're going to take a really quick break and then we'll come back for the fun stuff. I'm Kelly O'Hara, two-time World Cup champion, Olympic gold medalist, defender for the U.S. Women's National Team, and as of now, your new favorite podcast host. Join me on the Just Women's Sports Podcast as I sit down with some of the biggest names in sports to talk about the untold stories behind their success. Featuring Olympians, MVPs, world champions, and breakout stars, the Just Women's Sports Podcast tells the real story of what it's like to be a professional athlete today. Find Just Women's Sports wherever you get your podcasts. See you there. Welcome back. We realized that last time our fun stuff section was a little bit all over the place, mostly because we didn't mention snacks one time on a podcast called Snacks, which was ridiculous of us. So from now on for today, we're going to focus on three random questions. So Lynn, question number one, <laughs> can you name my three favorite snacks? I think I can. Okay. Okay. So one specifically green apples with fresh peanut butter. <laughs> I'm so glad like you who, got that one. Who likes green apples? I, I love green apples because um, they're like tart and then the peanut butter, like yuck. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> we just literally moaned at each other for like yeah, that was, 10 seconds. That was that weird. That was weird. Um, okay. Then I think... What are they called? Those little puffy things from Oh Whole Foods? yeah, the chick Yeah. Oh, is that not one of them? What are those called? Chick I guess they're not your favorite snack chick because you peas? don't know what they called. What either. are they called? Chickpea puffs. Yeah. We'll call them. Hippies. 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 Yeah, no, those they're those can be my favorite snack. I do love those. I buy those all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I had this I don't know if I had my answers pre-planned, but the green apple was definitely in there. The hippies, the white cheddar ones, I do love yeah, those. Yeah, you like 
go yeah you smash those and green apples and the third one i'm really upset with myself for not thinking of a third one i don't know i don't know what is another snack you like i would honestly i think like well like what are those things called um what are those things? Those things? I don't know. Bl- Give me a little bit they're more. They're round and they are bland. <laughs> and they have rice cakes. Rice cakes. <laughs> <laughs> round and bland is words often used to describe me. Well, I guess not round, but bland. <laughs> Pat, Pat always says that I'm too vanilla in my media. Yeah. It's okay. He's always like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we, we don't need to get into that. Well, so that was really good, Lynn. I would have, I, a couple of things I would add slash just comment. I would have said that you really like red grapes, but I like green grapes. That is true. Yes. That's green grapes, green apples. I also would have said green apples with fresh peanut butter. That was a really good one. And then I also maybe would have said chips and salsa. Yeah. Or like charcuterie. Why didn't I say any of that? Or charcuterie. Stupid, yeah, but stupid. you did, you did. You did really, really well. Lynn, I'm now I'm just going to do this back to Lynn because now this is where we are. Frozen chocolate chips. <laughs> yeah. Jalapeno kettle potato chips. Yeah. And I was going to say maybe a red apple with peanut butter. Yeah. Or red grapes. Yeah. I would go with grapes. Grapes would be better. But the chocolate chip situation. <laughs> the, f- the frozen chocolate chip situation from the freezer. She goes to the freezer and grabs like a little tiny handful and takes them to the couch and eats them. And then she gets up five minutes later and goes and gets more. I just, in my head, I'm like, I'm portion controlling. But then like, and like once a week, once a week, she'll go, oh, damn it. I dropped a chocolate chip. And we're just like, okay, well, it's gone. And like who it's going to show up melted. In yeah. Do you remember when I, I was laying on the couch eating these chocolate chips and, and I, I got up and there was like a smeared chocolate on the couch. And I was like, yeah. oh, dang it, yeah. where is it? So then I cleaned the couch, got up, <laughs> sat back down, and I was like, I can't find it. It's gone. Like, it's gone. So I cleaned the couch, sit back down, get back up, and there's another stain. And I was like, where is this freaking chocolate chip? And I'm looking everywhere, and it was stuck to my side. Like, it's stuck to the side of me. So I was just smearing this chocolate <laughs> chip all over the couch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. We did. We had a, we had a big, uh, a big series of charcuterie boards though during quarantine. Yeah, we did. And like pepper jelly. Remember that? Pepper jelly is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) You know, also, you know what I didn't get enough, uh, feedback about was the shrimp head situation. (laughs) Do you remember when you come, your introduction to yourself in the podcast is like, I'm Lynn Williams and I don't like fish, but you can call me shrimp head. Yeah. I don't. And like, I don't know why everybody hasn't been talking about that for two weeks. I also don't know why I said that at all. That was weird. Yeah, it was so (laughs) weird. That was bizarre. That was really weird of me. I'm so sorry. Um, Well, I'm just going to just skip over that like everybody else. And do you know what Dabinia has been doing for her charcuterie is she puts lime on her um, salami, like salami, but it's like spicy salami. And that is a game changer. So everybody should yeah. try that. Yeah. That's that's a little bit of Dabinia. Magic. Magic. Um, okay. So what is your biggest cooking fail, do you think? Uh, it's got to be the, the banana bread. <laughs> I and me- You know how I'm always like, oh, it's just the pan is just, it's an abnormally large pan. That's why it doesn't rise. Yeah. 
but like that's not why at all. I've been trying to make healthy banana bread since I learned how to cook and Sonnet can make it and she sends me the recipe she uses like once every six months and I like recommit myself to getting this banana bread to come out good and to like rise a little bit and it has never worked. So I usually just eat banana bread that like rose an inch in the pan. <laughs> um, and it's like just a con it's just a constant what, fail. What do in, you think in my household? What do you think is the deal? Like what has Pat well, tried I to help? That, well, so this is my recent realization. I think when you use oat flour, uh-huh. it's heavier than flour. Okay. So I've been making this good five ingredient banana bread here. Okay. And it's oats, like maple syrup or honey, eggs baking soda or powder, I can't remember which one, and bananas. So it's just five ingredients. And that's like, I would say pretty healthy if you don't use that much maple syrup. Is it rising? Not really, but it tastes good. And then you just get to eat like half the loaf because it's not that much. <laughs> well, so do you think like if if the oats are heavier, like you use less of them or you like... Yeah, but then you it? wouldn't have as much. So I think I've just convinced myself that it's not my fault. Yeah, it's the ingredients. It's the oats fault. It's the ingredients. But for some reason, I feel like Sonic can do it. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have her on and ask her the, the secret. Yeah, yeah. But you do make a good focaccia. That is, oh, yeah. You have like... But I don't try to substitute any of those ingredients. That, that I just follow that recipe to a T, and it's just like a lot of olive oil and flour and... Good stuff. Salt. And it's bomb. Yeah, that's that that was a quarantine bomb must as well. That's probably why I was a little plump after. Round and bland. <laughs> um, what is your biggest cooking fail? Um well, especially since living by myself, I I just like don't really like cooking, I've decided. Like I don't like it. If there was two people, I would be more inclined. Um and so all of it, all of it is a fail. When I get cooking, I Yikes. I do I do fine. But like just I don't do it often. Well, you you are one of the people who has trained me to season my chicken. Well, yeah, you you literally used to take the chicken and stick it in the oven with nothing on it. I know. That's disgusting. And then I would be like, why is this gross? And you and Pat would be like, Sam. That's but disgusting. Another thing about chicken, like baking chicken, not that good. Another, another pat. What do you mean? You got to put it on, you got to cook it on the stovetop and get some color on there. Why? Color is flavor. That's what Pat always says. Yeah, but mainly people just burn their, their seasoning when they do that. Oh, that's how I cook chicken and it comes out dry as hell. (laughs) So you just bake a chicken breast with not, with just salt and pepper on there. It's just going to come out all white and plain. No, usually you put like you marinate it in something and then you Oh yeah. Fair enough. Marinating. I forgot about that step. Yeah. And then you could put it on a rack with water underneath and it like makes it you know what? What are you talking what are you going on about? I've never seen you do that. Well, I said I don't like doing it. I didn't say I couldn't do it. Well, it's because it sounds like the most complicated thing ever. Why don't you just throw it on the egg pan and sizzle both sides until the middle isn't pink anymore? That's what I do. (laughs) And it's probably so dry. Remember when me and Pat kicked you out of the kitchen because you couldn't make the quesadillas? I try hard. Yeah. Well, we had to. No, I don't. That's a lie. I don't try that hard. And yeah, I was not good at making those quesadillas. Well, yeah, I was not good at that. Me and Pat had to kick you out. I know. And it was probably the best bonding time me and Pat had during quarantine. I know. It it was all downhill from there. (laughs) We're we're going off topic again. Sorry. We have we have a third question. Um, from a fan named Maddie M 
Favorite games to play on the road with your teammates? Um, well, this past year during the Challenge Cup, we had a lot of rookies and they taught us how to play Mafia, which was so fun. But <sighs> when when I say that Sam is a liar, a lit liquor, a lit liquor liar. I've never seen somebody lie so good. And now I don't know if I could trust you. <laughs> I know it's actually wild. Like, I don't think I could lie that convincingly in real life at all. But for some reason, when it comes to mafia, like you guys, these people did not know what hit them. I ran that game from start to finish, whether I was mafia, whether I wasn't, I had people checking their shoulders as they walked out of the room, like unsure of who I was anymore. I was so good at it. I- I just, I can't believe that you lied straight to all of our faces like that. And I was like, I can't trust this girl. I don't know what I she's I know. All- it actually probably like did some real damage to my reputation. <laughs> I was, I was good. And I kept pulling the, um, oh, I've never even played this before. Like what, like, what yeah. do I do? Yeah. And people just kept like falling for it. I was like, you guys. I think around, at all. I think around like game five, people were like, no. And they just started. Well, they started just voting me out. And I was yeah. like, yeah, immediately just voting you out because I was like, you're too good at this. We can't tell if you're lying or not. Um, I know. But that was fun. And I would go, like, we would come downstairs and be very excited to play, but then get so stressed out. So I'd be sweating the whole time. And I'd be like, I have to go shower again because I'm stressed from playing this card game. I know. But it we were in the bubble of the Challenge Cup. So it, we would just play for like three hours a night. Like, it was so fun. That was, yeah, that was probably the highlight of the Challenge Cup. That was so fun. I know. We do have this one other game. This is the last uh, last segment of the uh, the fun section here. We do have this one other game that the Courage likes to play where you basically, Lynn, we're going to have to just show them. But you go one, two, three with a partner. And on three, you both try to say the same word. Yeah. So we'll we'll give you, and then the next pair will go. And using the two words said previously, they'll try to say the same word. Yeah. It's going to so be. So let's ho- just play. Let's just play a couple times in a row. Ready? Okay. One. Two, three. Pillow. Stool. Pillow. One, One two, three. Couch. Bed. See, we're close. We're close. One, two, three. Chair. Tall. No. <laughs> what did we say? Rug All and right. chair. Rug and chair. We're never going to get this. Okay. One, two, three. Table. Living room. You're going so slow. You're, well, you're slow. You're behind me. Oh, there's a lag or something. You said and table? you said living room. Oh, I don't know. One, two, three. Dining Eating. room. Oh, I was going to say that, but I did I think they it. probably get the point, but like I don't want to stop until we okay, get it. One, last one. Uh, dining room. One, two, three. Kitchen. Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. That's probably going to sound so bad. Yeah, I think it went well. I really think that went well. Well, on that note, uh, Sam, we did it. We recorded our second episode. Um, Really proud of us again. (sighs) Me too. And if you want to submit a question for us, tweet it at Just Women Sports, and maybe we will include it in this fun section of episode three. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Sam Ewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And you've been listening to Snacks. (laughs) 